Hey, hello, what's up? This uh, this is Aiden Jones, and you're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the twelfth of January, twenty twenty one. How are you guys doing? Thanks for listening. I feel really tired in my body, but in a really good way. I just had my first day of work oh, for the year, and uh, I've been feeling lately like I'm getting fat, and I'm not. I mean, I still. I actually, I haven't weighed myself, so I don't know. I think it's just another wave of insecurity, or maybe it's not. I feel for me. All right, wait. Let me have a little sip of tea here. Calm down. Oh, yum, yum, yum. I feel like as I approach... Th- I'm 30 in, in fucking like three weeks, man. How about it? Um, Ever since I was young, people have been telling me, like, you know, oh, mate, one day the shoe's going to drop, the other shoe's going to drop. What's the phrase? The other shoe's going to drop. The other button's going to melt or whatever. One day... Your metabolism's going to stop being so bloody, whatever, and you're going to be fat. That's what they always say to me. (laughs) How crazy is that? (laughs) People said that to me when I was a kid. Hey, man, you're skinny now, but one day you're going to be fat. (laughs) I wonder if they had their own shit going on that they wanted to say that to me. Nah. That's real advice though. I mean, I'm not as skinny as I was when I was 18, but um, I've just been waiting for it my whole 20s. And like at every point, every year, I feel like, oh, I'm getting old. You know, when I was 21, I was like, well, I'm getting old. And um, I look back on that now and laugh and I'm almost 30 and I'm like, oh, I'm getting old. And I probably will look back on this in 10 years time and laugh about, oh, I wasn't really old then, whatever. But the point is, I'm scared that I'm going to get fat. I was just like at my kitchen table before, no shirt, no shirt. You know what? No shirt, no fucks. <laughs> no shirt, no fucks. That's what me and the girls do on Mondays. No shirt, no fucks. Um, <laughs> I don't wear a shirt and I don't have sex with anyone. That's my rule. I was wearing no shirt at my kitchen table. I just got, I got home from the day of gardening, which wasn't even hard work today. I just think I haven't worked. I haven't had to do anything for like three weeks. So the first day when I have to do shit, I'm always standing, walking, holding, looking, listening, touching. (laughs) That's pretty much what gardening is. It's a lot of looking and listening, some touching. (laughs) How about that as an ad for like, uh, we're looking for a, Looking for a um, a bright, enthusiastic young team member. <laughs> required skills. Some experience with touching. <laughs> just someone who doesn't know how to advertise for their position. Maybe someone whose like English communication skills just aren't really up to scratch. They're like, "That's right, yeah. You got to put the plants in the soil. That's touching." <laughs> And, uh, and they'd get a lot of massage therapists applying for the role who would be unqualified. It would be an ineffective ad and they, their business would fail. Oh. So I did my day at work. I'm tired. I get home. 
I take my shirt off. I have a shower. I, t- I take my shirt off. I have a shower. Fully clothed other than the shirt, pants, boots, everything. Just to let them know. All right? Yeah, you'd still, you, all right, you're on top of me. You're my clothes. Maybe you have some level of power over me. But ultimately, I'm the fucking boss of you clothes. And if I say we're going in the shower, we're going in the fucking shower. I have a shower and then I put my pants on. I'm sitting at the kitchen table and just that fucking flab of belly folding over my, like, my belt. And it's to the point where I can, like, kind of hook my fingers under it and, like, lift it, you know? And that's like, nah, dude, I don't like that. But I know I'm, I still, I know that I'm not going to do anything about it. My hope. And look, this is really just goes to show that how lazy I actually am. My hope is now that I'm working again, I'll be active all day and I just won't have as much free time to eat food. <laughs> and I'm not going to be, because I'm working, I'll be making my lunches, which means I'll be like, you know, it'll just be like a sandwich or whatever. It won't be like a big meal. And I just, I feel like I just eat half the time. I just eat when I'm bored. If I just have a day, you know, like what was it the other day? I noticed I had eaten three meals and it was like five o'clock and I'd had like fucking three full meals and I was just like, come on, man. What the fuck is that's too much. I was about to really have a go at myself there, which is also not ideal. It's fine. But I just... I was like, I had wheat. I've been eating cereal for breakfast lately. I've been loving them cereal. Two or three wheat bix and some cornflakes, milk. That's it. I just love the wheat bix, that tiny little window when it's not hard and crunchy, when it's like wet from the milk, but it's not soggy yet. It's still got a little bit of bite to it. Fuck, man. I would almost, because by the time you get to your second or third wheat bix, it's done. It's all like soggy. It's still great, but it's not perfect. It's almost worth considering having a bowl of like the wheat bix with some cornflakes, like having three bowls, line them up and just pour milk in as necessary to time it right so that you get the ideal um, textural window for each wheat bix. That'd be kind of cool. Worth the extra dishes? Who knows? Am I going to do it? No. Do I think that it's actually a good idea? No, not at all, actually. (laughs) I don't know, man. I don't know. Where am I at? How do I feel? I feel good about the week that I've had this week. I'm glad that I'm working again. I've decided and told my boss that I'm quitting TAFE, which I feel good about. He responded well. He said, that's great good news we got a lot of work i was like sick i think that's my plan going forward and i had a great weekend oh actually how was i not gonna start with this story fuck yeah friday night uh i had i did five gigs last week i did five gigs man it feels so good to be back i've got a new bit that I'm excited about the last like week and a half, two weeks. I've been kind of working on this bit about um, about crying and how like just the revelation that I've had that 
I can cry and learning about it and to hold the space to cry, which I've been talking about on the podcast for ages. I'm trying to write a bit about it and it kind of wasn't working. I felt like I was pushing shit uphill a little bit. And then I had this other idea in the back burner um, that I'm scared to do because it involves me being quite silly. And the basic mechanic of the bit is like, my grandpa repeats himself all the time. He repeats himself so much. If I put a beat behind his talking, you could play it in a nightclub and have people dance to it, right? And then the punchline is me doing the song like my grandpa's telling a story but with a beat behind it so it's like a dance floor song. And then the him telling the full punchline to his story is the drop for the song and it involves me like beatboxing Kind of, or just I'd some on some level I need to incorporate the like mm, 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 the like uns uns of the song to set up that then there's a drop and then the drop is where everyone laughs and I thought of that a few weeks ago but I haven't had the balls to do it because it's scary because then I'm like doing the thing and I don't know it just I I don't have the balls to beatbox because then I just look like an idiot. <laughs> I've been thinking, I thought of this bit and I'm like 99, I'm like, I reckon that is, that's funny. My grandpa and the phrase that I have him say is when I was your age, I used to shoot ducks and sell them before school, which is a thing that he used to do. And he's told that to me heaps of times in my life. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I reckon that's funny, but I was scared to do it for ages and I did it on Saturday night at this gig and it worked and it was better than the rest of my set. It was like the best thing. And then I did it last night at the new normal at the workers and it worked as well. And now I'm really excited because I'm like, I reckon that's funny and I can play around with the, the build up of the song and, you know, do different like DJ sounds and like maybe I'm allowed to look silly on stage. That's something that I'm kind of, uh, okay, if this bit requires me beatboxing and that makes me feel silly and embarrassed, well, maybe I lean into that and actually feel silly and embarrassed and that's okay. I'm excited about that. But that's not what I was excited to tell you guys. What I'm ex- oh, what happened on Friday is uh, I did this gig at Dirty Secrets and the guy who runs it is, uh, is a very sweet man but he books comedy shows and he puts way too many people on. And, I mean, there's good and bad sides to that because the bad of that is, like, there's too many. Like, he booked – I think he booked – I counted 28 on the lineup. I mean, it's like at the new normal we book eight acts. <laughs> and that goes for two and a half hours. He's booking 28. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's too many. He just doesn't know how to say no to people. And I mean, that's great for me because then it, I mean, I can get a spot and heaps of people can get on and whatever, but <laughs> it's crazy for anyone else. So <laughs> he's booked this show at Dirty Secrets, which is a bar on Smith Street, which it, the little basement like seats... 20 at a stretch. If you got 20 people in there, it's it's heaving, right? And uh, he's booked 28 and he's putting more people on as the show goes on. And um, I had one gig on Friday night and then I had the second one and I said to my girlfriend who was just having dinner by herself after her first week of, first week of work back for the year 
um, I say, do you want to meet me or maybe I'll come past you and we'll go and I'll do this gig. I'll be quick and then we can just go home. And also, if you want, you'll get to see an open mic, which is something that she's not seen before. And I think it's really exciting to show someone what like that kind of show, an open mic comedy show with 28 acts. That's a completely different proposition to, uh, you know, <laughs> it's just different, man. And I love it. After doing comedy, like, enough, when I first started, I was, like, embarrassed about an open mic because it's, like, you know, it sucks. It's, like, there's people on there that aren't doing good. You can see the audience and how uncomfortable they are. And I just always was concerned about what it was going to be like when I went on. And I still do get like that. But now I've come to love it because you can see, like, where different people are in figuring out comedy. And it's also always hard. And I've, I had a shit set on Friday. I'm not standing here going like, oh, yeah, we're everyone in, you know, and I've figured it out. I've fucking, I ate my dick on fucking, on Friday. Um, but it's exciting to see. I always say at the start of if I'm emceeing an open mic, I'm like, some of these acts are going to be great and some of them are going to be bad. And when I say that, the good acts laugh, the bad acts also laugh because they don't know. And that's part of the fun is... <laughs> you don't know if like when I'm fucking for the, my whole journey along in comedy I've always thought in my head yeah I'm one of the good acts on this show and for most of that time I was not one of the good acts and so you see people on these shows who you have to have that level of delusion to do comedy right they're walking around going like this is going to be sick I know what I'm doing <laughs> just do like the craziest shit <laughs> and um so i'm trying to explain this to my girlfriend and kind of you know like this is what we're walking into i'm excited i'm glad you're gonna be here it's all good and um we get there and there's a a lady and a man, they're not together. I think they're workmates. They're heckling. They're sitting up the front. I mean, everyone is sitting up the front because the room's so small. But the room's, there's people in there and they're sitting up the front and they've been heckling. The show's already been going for like an hour and a half when we get there. And uh, the MC's trying to shut them up. And the lady walks out to the back of the room and she's talking to the promoter who's like, wants them to stay but doesn't want them to talk. And so she's like, I don't want to leave because we're here. She's there to watch her friend who's going on like in two hours time. <laughs> He's, I've seen the lineup. Her friend is like third last. <laughs> so there's no way the situation's not going to devolve into a just fucking shit fight. Because if they're heckling now, like if they're bored and disengaged with the show now... <laughs> And they've got another two hours to wait and they have to wait because they're there to see their mate and it's Friday night and they've been drinking and, you know, it's only a matter of time until an act comes on. <laughs> it just fucking snaps. And, um, I mean, it didn't take long, you know. <laughs> There's a few acts later. Some of the one of the acts actually, big shout outs to Fergus Neal, who really dealt with it well. Did his jokes, was getting laughs and didn't kind of buy into that shit fight. But then another act came on who I guess was just in the mood to 
have a go because as soon as they started, they shouted something out to him, he just was like, shut uh, shut the fuck up. Just snap, shut the fuck up, something like that. Angry, yelling, and uh, these people, I think the guy in the audience starts going like yelling about like someone must have said something earlier to his friend or to someone because he was like, you've disrespected my friend, this comedians on this show, this so-called comedians disrespecting my friend and I think this is disgusting. He's like screaming at the stage. The comic on stage is yelling back. Everyone else in the room is just going like, oh, oh my God. And um, the owner of the bar, I thought it was a bouncer, but it was the owner of the bar came down with his two mates and they're like the promoters pointing at the people going, yeah, can you kick him out? And they're like ushering them out. And uh, the guy standing up doesn't want to leave. <laughs> He's got his drink. He's like, I've bought my drink. I've got a drink. You can't, you at least will have to let me finish my drink before you kick me out. And this is disgusting. And you're not going to kick him out. He was so rude to me. And <laughs> so as they like pretty much drag him out, he's still screaming about respect at the start. This is disgusting. How dare you? And his uh, his mate there, the lady, is just looking around at everyone going, he's had a really tough week. <laughs> that was the one for me. Is her like kind of her like knowing that I think I, I think that was her way of trying to convince everyone to let him stay was to just go, he's had a really tough week. Meanwhile, he's not listening to her. He's just going, fuck you, fucking disrespectful. Still yelling at the stage. She's like apologizing for him. He's had a really tough week. You guys don't understand. The comedian on the stage is just screaming, Yeah, I don't know, I don't know what to do, so I'm just gonna keep shouting. And the whole time, my girlfriend's sitting next to me, looking at me, just going, oh my God, I love this. This is incredible. And that's open my comedy, man. Sometimes it's just, you know what? Sometimes it'd be like that. God, it was good. I went up and I wasn't ready. I just wanted to do my fucking, I did my stupid bit about crying and bombed. I think that's what gave me the balls to do the new bit on Saturday night because I was just like, look, I'm fucking, I'm not getting anywhere with this bit that I was trying all week to write it and do more with it and it wasn't working or it wasn't coming together. And I just went, you know what? I'm just going to try this other bit that might be embarrassing. And it's nice, man, to do five gigs in a week to go to get to go through that process Ah, it feels like I'm fucking doing comedy again, man. It's so fucking good. The workers, the the new normal, the show's going great. It was a great show last night. It started off tough, but we fought and we got through to the end and it was great by the end, which was awesome. And uh, it was the hottest. It was like 35 degrees in Melbourne. Everyone was tired, but it was still great. I just, I'm feeling, I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling really good this week. On Sunday, me and my girlfriend went out to, um, we got one of the car next door hire car thingies 
and went down the Mornington Peninsula, down the Mornington Peninsula, to the bottom of the peninsula. We went on a bushwalk. We saw the bush. We saw the ocean. We saw the rocks. We saw the water lapping, splashing, rising, foaming against the shore. My girlfriend was scared to go up to the shore because she's seen videos of people being knocked off the rocks by waves, and I called her a coward. Maybe she was right. Maybe she was wrong. Who knows? I don't care. I just find it really calming after a long week of doing nothing to look at the water flowing and splashing against the rocks. <sighs> I don't know why I did that voice, but it felt good to do that voice, the horse announcer. The the horse announcer. <laughs> Looking for one energetic and enthusiastic member of our team. Experience needed in announcing horses and touching. <laughs> Sometimes you've got to touch the microphone when it's a really close race and pull it closer to your mouth. How about that character, though? The horse announcer who is just announcing just things that he likes to do in his life. That's the only way he knows how to tell a story. <laughs> Me and my girlfriend went down the Mornington Peninsula. We went on a, uh, on a bushwalk and on the bushwalk we were looking out over the pasture and someone's farm, private property probably, but there was a tree in the middle of the farm all by itself and it reminded me of the book that I read called uh, The Hidden Life of Trees about... Pioneer trees who were the first ones to colonise open areas of scrubland and they grow by themselves independently. And I thought to myself, as I saw that tree, what a brave tree. I had that thought. It was nice. It was like a tree by itself. I got a nice picture of it. That's going to be the picture this week. Just a nice tree out by itself. A brave tree. A pioneer tree. Yeah, man, the bushwalk was nice. By the end of it, I was so fucking tired. Oh, this was what we did. I got this water bottle. This, all right, look, I'm going to come clean right now. I've done something that I'm like maybe ashamed of. I found a water bottle, <laughs> like a nice metal one in the park. It was just like sitting like someone had left it there. It was sitting like upright on top of like a pole or like a, you know, just like it was sitting like someone had, I reckon, been for a run and popped it there while they were stretching and then walked off and forgotten about it. And I took it and I washed it out with hot soapy water. And my girlfriend is, is like making fun of me. For, she's like, you know what? She said something like, I really think it's actually pretty wild that you took that and you're going to use it. And I put it in her bag and then I asked about it like a few times. And she's just like, you really going to use that? Like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just not mine. But they put, it's gone. Like, whoever left it there, you know, like, they know it's not coming back. They left it in the fucking park. They got home by the time they were, I don't know, maybe they would have gone back for it. But whatever. I took it. It's what I did. I took it. Oh, actually, this is a cool story. All right. All right. This is a story. So, this week... I did that. That was a few weeks ago. I don't know what it is about me that I'm just a fucking opportunist. I just, I, I have um, the mentality of like, if there's a free thing going, I just can't say no. 
and I don't know why. It's a, it's definitely like a famine mentality. Um, maybe it comes from like being like when I was you know first living by myself, not having any money, and just feeling like rather than work, I would. <laughs> I never liked having a job, so rather than work, I would uh, I would like take charity. I was always really comfortable with like taking charity from people and taking free stuff and a part of that is like taking a water bottle that someone's left in the park that's just there and um, I think I still have that mindset even though now where I'm at financially, I don't need – if I want a water bottle, I can go buy one. But I still have this like mindset of like I could go buy one, or I could just wait and see if one kind of makes its way, <laughs> kind of makes its way into my life. Uh, actually, my friend Sonia Dioria has a bit about. Um, I like to say people's full names if they're comedians, just just to give them a shout out. Shout outs to Sonia Diorio. Um, has a bit about uh, what's I'm gonna fucking murder the bit here, but um, saying that she met her boyfriend on uh, dating apps and people going like judging you for meeting someone on dating apps and it's like you wouldn't do that in any other area of your life. Like, what did you go to a car dealership to buy your car? Wouldn't you just wait? I just like to wait for a car to organically appear in my life. It's a very funny bit, making fun of the idea that whatever. Right, I think you understand the bit. I've just said it in a completely unfunny way, but when she does it, it's really good. Um, and I guess in that bit, she's kind of making fun of the idea of like waiting for something to appear in your life. Like, don't you believe in fate? Um, you know, you got to be proactive and go out and get something if you want it to happen. But I think I actually have the, the mindset that she's making fun of in that bit because I definitely do... I've been thinking for a bit like, oh, I wouldn't mind a water bottle. And I bought one from a shop. But I didn't really like it. And then I lost it somehow. I don't even know where it went. And I just, I lost the one that I liked that I had for ages. And so now I'm like, well, I don't, I've lost it. So I don't want to have to buy another one. Cause that's like, here it is. It's like accepting defeat. I lost that water bottle and I don't want to buy another one because then it, it kind of drives home the fact that I lost it because now it's costing me money. And I should just fuck, shut up and just buy one. It would be very. It would cost like thirty bucks to get a good water bottle, but I refuse to anyway. But that's not the story. The story is, on Friday night, I was um, after that show, after I bombed, ran into some friends, and uh, me and my girlfriend were like, "Yeah, let's go. Let's hang out with you know our friends." It was exciting. They were going to a pub. I was like, "I'm hungry. I just got to go." So I'm like, "I'll go and get. I'll go to the kebab shop nearby." And I'll get just a little thing. And uh, in the kebab shop, I ran into a dude that I hadn't seen in like seven years. Um, just a dude that I used to, you know, be like in a kind of crew of, of mates with. We were never like one-on-one -on -one friends, but I knew his name. He knew my name. We knew each other. We'd spent like around a year just kind of around each other. So I know him and it was nice to see him. And we had a hug real quick. And then... Um, we're in the kebab shop. We actually went into the first one. He came in just after me with his mate and then I left because that was a bad shop and we went into the other one and then he came in like just behind us again like he'd had the same realisation of the one across the road's better. And um, we're in there 
and I get I order and then he orders and then my thing comes up and there's an extra like they've given me another thing that I didn't order and I'm just like I just grab it the opportunistic thing that I just grabbed it they gave me the wrong order they gave me my thing and another thing and I grabbed it and just bounced and uh, I was like I just I knew what was happening I just went to my girlfriend come on let's go and then when we got away, she was like, oh, my God, you got an extra thing. I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, I knew what I was doing and I just was like, yeah, sick. Anyway, so I'm like bragging to my mates when we get back to the pub. Oh, look at this. I, they gave me the wrong thing and I took it. Ha, 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 At the time, I was excited. The rush, you know, the thrill of the chase. And he's got his order and he sees there's another order and he's grabbed it and he's off and his girlfriend is in tow and he's going to go home. He's not even hungry for a second thing. He's got too much food to eat, but he's excited just to have gotten a free thing. A $21 chicken kebab pack. I woke up the next day with it in my fridge and uh, I get a message from the guy on Instagram just saying, hey, do you enjoy your chicken pack? I kind of knew, but I didn't want to accept as I was leaving. But like, of course, there was no one else there. Of course, it was going to be his. But I know he's not going to get like, you know, he's not going to have to pay for another one. He's just going to get another one for free. But he will have to wait for a bit. I kind of felt bad, but I was trying to, you know, I was still like trying to justify it. So I was like, hey, you know what, man? Like, sometimes you got to run it. I saw the opportunity and whatever. And uh, I started thinking about it and it ruined my fucking Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> it ruined my Saturday that I did because I was like, as soon as like he sent me, I was like, ah, fucking yeah, all right, I yeah, yeah, I, that was shitty. I just shouldn't have done it. I should have done the honest thing and been like, oh, that's not mine. But I just saw the opportunity there and I I took it like a, an opportunistic little grub. And. Uh, so I sent him my little justification and I was like, you know, I knew you were going to get another one and that you didn't have to pay, did you? And he was like, no, we didn't have to pay. And I was like, I said something like, yeah, sometimes you just got to run it, <laughs> which is just bullshit. And I was still feeling bad, but I knew I'd done my dash with him. I can't then message later and be like, hey, I'm sorry, man. Like, I shouldn't have done that because ultimately, like, he doesn't care. You know, he was like a fucking, I know he's a very... He's just a really nice dude and I know, I mean, it's ultimately not no skin off his nose, you know, it's not his problem that I did that. I'm living with the guilt and I'm now asking for him to apologize. No, he's not, he's got nothing to give me. I got to make it right with myself. I didn't do it to him. I did it to myself is now what's happening. So the day before a mate of mine had posted on Instagram, um, about a burger joint and I should give them a shout out. What's it called? There's a burger joint on Johnson Street called, uh, fuck, how am I going to find this? Oh, God. Burger Johnson. And it's called Burger Road on Johnson Street in Fitzroy. And they have an option where you can go and buy someone else like a stranger. You can pay for a meal and not take it. And then you put a little poster in the door and it's like for a stranger who's like hard up or lost their job or whatever to get a thing. 
and I'd seen that post the day before and then I was like, oh, this is what I can do to fucking set shit right. So just because I had had a, a, a rush of blood to the head the night before and seen, oh, look, an opportunity for petty theft <laughs> and a free chicken pack. I was thinking about it all day. I tried to sit down and just like read my book and have a nice Saturday afternoon. I couldn't do it. I just kept going back to that the guilty thoughts. So I got on my bike before my gig and I drove to, I drove, I rode to Burger Road and I put 30 bucks. I bought three burgers for random people and it made me feel, it immediately made me feel better. And then I sent my friend who had posted on Instagram about that, a thing going like, hey man, you just gave me the opportunity to atone for some sins of last night. So thank you for that. It felt really good actually. And uh, and then I went and did my gig on Saturday and I tried my new bit and that felt good too. So I, I erased the bomb and then I erased the stealing. And then to come full circle, the guy who I who whose chicken pack I stole, which by the way, I ate it on Saturday out of guilt. I didn't actually want it, but I was like, well, I've stolen it. So now I better fucking eat it. And I ate it and it just it, it, it turned to ash in my mouth. <laughs> Oh, that was the day when I felt really shitty about getting fat because I was like, that was, that was the day I had breakfast in the morning and then I met up with some mates for lunch and had a meal for lunch. And then I was like, now I have to eat this chicken pack because I stole it. And, uh, and now I've had three meals and it's 5 PM. And that was, I was like, but I have to eat it now because I feel guilty. <laughs> I was really beating myself up. I was like, whoa, now I've had three meals, I'm fat, I've stolen something and I need, <laughs> need to eat this food that I stole and it tastes bad because it's microwaved, you know, kebab meat. <laughs> it was just a bad time. I didn't feel better until I went and donated that money um, and, then I, and then I had the good gig and then on Sunday... I thought that my mate from years ago wasn't going to message me back that that was going to be the end of our interaction was me just going, sometimes you got to run it. But on Sunday, he did message me something back and whatever he messaged, I was like, oh, dope. Because now I can go, oh, yeah, man, by the way, actually yesterday I felt really bad like a fuckhead and I thought about how you would have had to wait and just, you know, I did the wrong thing. So I went and donated 30 bucks to this burger joint that you can donate 30, but you, whatever. I told him what I did and he just love heart reacted all of my messages so i feel like everything is right in the world yeah that was cool man on sunday me and my girlfriend after our uh, our little hike we went down to sorrento we got calamari calamari sun calamari sunday <laughs> calamari sunday yeah 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 uh. and it was pretty shit <laughs> <laughs> we went to some place called Fish Fetish in Sorrento. It was all right. Oh, I shouldn't. I yeah. I shouldn't fucking say that was shit. It was interesting. It was out of the five. We've done five now. The best one was the first one from the um, the food truck in St Kilda. I don't even know what that's called, but it's a food truck on the foreshore in St Kilda. If you want to get the best fucking calamari, that place was sick. Second best was the other joint in St Kilda. This one's third out of five. And, oh, no, 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 the one in Robe, this one's fourth out of five, the one in Robe was really good as well, um, yeah, it was just, 
They'd breaded the calamari. It was actually a piss take. It came in a box. The fish and chips was all right. Fish and chips was okay. Um, but the calamari came in a cardboard box. So it was like, you know, the kind of cardboard box is like folded all. It's like the size of like if you put your hands side by side. That's kind of the surface area we're talking about. We got six calamari rings. And they were the calamari. It was breaded. Lightly breaded, so still doesn't even look very big, and then just dumped in the thing. I don't know if it had any spices on it or anything. It didn't taste like it did. The calamari was very rubbery, and those six calamaris were just placed like Olympic rings, but six instead of five. Just one, two, three, four, five, six in the middle of the box with nothing else. No garnish, no lemon, just six sad fucking circles in a box, in its own box, in its own paper bag. (laughs) And like the place was like there was a massive line. It's Sunday afternoon. It's hot and they don't take card they only take cash but there's no signage so every person's going up trying to pay with card and then being told that they can't so you get a ticket you go away withdraw cash from the atm down the road and then come back show them your ticket and they mark that you've paid like just the most insane fucking system and the (laughs) and the guy behind the counter was like maybe 60 years old and uh, he was just sweating bullets because he was like, sorry, man, it's my first day on the job. God. He was his first day on the job. He's working with a really old till, like a cat, you know, with all the buttons and he doesn't know what buttons to press. He's writing shit down. He's stressing out. He's calling for help. There's like a 17-year-old kid in the kitchen coming out going, number 48. I mean, it was just an absolute shit show. I felt bad for him. And uh, it was interesting because the calamari, the way that it was done, like Sorrento's a rich fucking, that's where all rich people go. The number of boats out in the water was astounding. They've got like a 4.3 rating on Google. So you'd think it's going to be all right. And it just, to me, was like, okay, someone, they know what they're trying to do with the calamari. It wasn't like the one from the country where it was like, this is how we do it and it's just, I think it's bad. I think that they were trying to do it in like a fancy way, but whoever's in the kitchen is just under the pump or just has not been taught how to do it properly because it just, it's like what they were trying to do isn't what came out. Whereas that one in the country that I didn't like what they were trying to do was exactly how it went. It went to plan. I just didn't like the plan. Whereas this one in Sorrento did not go to plan, I think. It was just too much for them. But they still had time to set up their little Olympic rings in their fucking separate box, didn't they? I don't know. Anyway, Calamari Sunday success. That one in Sorrento, eh, I'd probably try and look for another place if I went down there again. I think that's the podcast. Thank you guys very much for listening this week. The picture is going to be of that brave, brave tree that I saw on the hike down on the south coast of the Mornington Peninsula. Have a great week, you guys. Thank you very much for listening. This has been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Peace.